to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation with your host, Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Lawrence Smith. FCS Fans Nation, welcome. It is Thanksgiving week and we are excited. It's your host, Kyler Neal, and today I'm with Matthew Frazee, who I believe is in Georgia right now. Is that correct? You've been a traveling yep. man? Yes, sir. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I was flying overhead. I landed for the fifth overtime period on ESPN Plus when I was checking out Kennesaw and JSU down here for some family time. I should have adjusted flights and gone to that game because, holy crap, what a matchup. Uh, yeah, so I'm enjoying myself down here in Atlanta, and I'm excited to talk about some FCS playoffs. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but it's playoffs, baby. Boom! I love it. I cannot wait. This is great. We're down to 24. 121 teams are done for the national championship, not counting Celebration Bowl, a few FBS games. Um, so I'm really excited to see how this field plays out. Exactly. So. I mean, it's the end of the season for a lot of teams, but for 24 teams still left in the field, this is the most exciting time in the F- FCS, and this is really what separates the FCS from the FBS in terms of a legit postseason play where 24 of the best teams are duking it out, trying to win a national championship, and I love that. I think it is the best thing about football, and to be honest, I wish the FBS did it because I am still an FBS fan. You know, I like just football on all levels of play, but this is what truly makes the FCS amazing. And hopefully we can continue to grab more fans who, you know, love this true playoff feel. Uh, I think Idaho fans are really going to like it this year since they dropped down. I know they're not in it, but I think they're going to enjoy this platform and, and be excited to try and hopefully grab these playoff spots next year. So I know you are kind of in a time crunch um, since you are with family and I have my family over. So we're just going to jump right on the page. We're going to dive through some questions, um, kind of what the fans think. I, I, I haven't even read them yet. So we're just going to dive in and, and you know answer some, and hopefully there's some good ones. If not, oh, well, maybe this will even be shorter. So- I, was, I, was liking, <laughs> I was liking a lot of comments on there. There's, there's quite a few of them. There's some really good ones on there, so this is going to be fun. Okay. So I'm just going to start it with the very first one. Adam Willie, what are your unbiased thoughts on the bracket? Who was left out that you thought should have been in? And who was your surprise team in the bracket? So I personally really love the bracket. I think people really don't like it based off of their own personal biases or personal agendas. Um, I see a lot of complaining about NDSU and SDSU being on the same side. I see a lot of complaining about big three or three big sky teams on the same side. Um, James Madison not receiving a seed, things of that nature. But if you look at historical aspects of the 2014 field and you look at kind of what we're where we're at this year, it all makes sense. Um, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, they were number one and number eight in uh, 2016, right in the same corner. Uh, Eastern Washington, UND, they were two and seven um, in 2016. So it's not uncommon for teams of the same conferences to be placed in the same seed. Uh, that's based off of your resume. It has nothing to do with your conference. I think they did a great job of placing South Dakota State where I predicted them to be at the five. They didn't have the quality of wins of Eastern or Weber, obviously not North Dakota State, 
And uh, Kennesaw had, not counting the D2 win, they had nine FCS wins. So, um, and I think the big sky, they're like, well, they're all on the same side. Well, if you look at the resumes, it all makes sense. I think, I think it all kind of makes sense for the seeds. The one question people will say is Colgate. But if you're willing to give Kennesaw a pass of all the way up to a four seed based off of their strength of schedule, and then you're going to complain about Colgate, whose only loss was a 14-point loss to 9-2 and two Army, I think that's unfair. Because it seems like you're giving Kennesaw a slide just because you perceive them as a better team um, than Colgate because the name recognition is not there from last season. Uh, overall, I really thought Indiana State would get in, but I like the justification. Um, UNI's in at 6-5. and five. Indiana State was 7-4. Uh, and four. You know, but Indiana State had a Division II win, so technically they only have six wins. Right. UNI, UNI beats South Dakota State, and, and uh, Indiana State lost to South Dakota State. So that's a, that's a pretty simple thing. The well, committee, committee's bound by certain rules, and I think that's what's upsetting people. And maybe they're not informed about the rules, but uh, what they're bound by is what caused the bracket to be the way it is, and I think they did a good job. I personally am not going to buy into the fact that it was done incorrectly. Yeah. Also, what we have to look at is you and I is six and five. They actually played Indiana State, and I think they won like thirty-three to zero. That's right. So, so if you are if and I to be honest, I think the Missouri Valley was down this year. I only could see them justifying putting three teams in. And if you're going to choose between Indiana State and you and I, they both have six Division One wins, and you and I beat them thirty-three to zero. So I think they definitely put in the better team. Um, out of the Missouri Valley. And I personally like it. So the top six seeds were the same as my top six seeds. I don't think there's any type of, you know, controversy or conspiracy theory. Um, that's, if you look at the resumes, I think they did a great job on seeds. I I like Colgate as a seed. I get it. Do I think they're one of the top eight teams? I don't. Um, I think James Madison should be more of an eight seed over maybe a Maine or Colgate, but I get the justification for it. Um, you know, Colgate is undefeated versus the FCS. They actually beat a team that beat James Madison. And then if you're just looking at, you know, Maine did not play maybe three of the top four CAA teams, but they still won the CAA. So I, I get the justification of putting Maine over a James Madison in a seed as well. So I personally like all the seeds. Um, there's always going to be a team in any type of bracket that you feel should have been in or you feel shouldn't have been in. To me, I don't think there was a full 24 teams deserving this year. And so I'm not going to argue and say maybe Indiana State should have been in over Incarnate Word. Um, I think they both didn't deserve a spot, to be honest. So if the committee wants to plug one in, I'm totally okay with it. To be honest, I think the bracket is is okay. The first round, it seems like on the left, is is a little more difficult than the first round on the right side of the bracket. Um, but I mean, that's really my only complaint, but it's, I, I like how they did it. I understand all the justification and reasoning. Um, and I'm actually happy. I'm excited. Me too. I think people, people are getting caught up in the fact that North Dakota state, South Dakota state, James Madison are all on the same side and they're caught up in recent events. They're not caught up in 2018. So they think that those three teams are like the only ones who could win a championship and the champions coming out of that side. Um, you know how much it stinks for Eastern Washington to have to replay, possibly replay UC Davis? You know how much it stinks for Weber to have to possibly play, replay Eastern in the semifinals? And then Eastern to have to go back to Weber? Um, 
obviously somebody else could win that side. Maine could win it. Nichols, somebody like that. But there's a lot of scenarios on the right side where you equally can say, dang, that's a really tough bracket as comparison to the left side. People kind of get tunnel vision because they want their teams to be successful. Overall, I really like the bracket to answer Adam's question and to answer his follow-up questions. Yeah, Incarnate Word and Lamar, I think maybe I would have swapped Indiana State in there. That's kind of what he was asking about. Which one don't you like? Which one you do? Um, so yeah, overall, I like the bracket. I'm, I'm all about it, and I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I'd say maybe I would have switched Incarnate Word with Furman, but that's about it. Um, I'm glad they actually didn't put Indiana State in there. I don't think they deserved it. I think Furman had bigger wins um, as a six-win team. So I would have personally put Furman over one of those two that you just mentioned, um, even even over in Indiana State. But other than that, like that's really my own, only complaint. So I think it's, it's a well-done bracket. Sure, you can move some things around, and we all hate the geographical sense, um, but that's not going to change. The FCS just doesn't have enough money. So it is what it is. Uh, I'm just happy it's playoffs because I missed out on it last year, if you don't know. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Can't wait. So Brandon Owens asks, who are some unseeded teams that have a chance to create some chaos in the playoffs? So I'm going to start, and I'm going to say this. You and I always has a chance to win some games because when they play their, their best game, they can beat anyone in the nation. The only thing is, there, you, you got a 50% chance that you're going to see a strong UNI or you're going to see a weak UNI. And I never know which UNI is going to show up. And this has been the, the whole decade. I never know which UNI is going to show up. So they're that one team who I think makes me a little nervous to play. But then at the same time, I could still see my team beating them by 40. Right. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, I, I like that pick a lot. That's good. Yep. And, you know, you're exactly right. That's UNI. You just... They're down, they're up, but they make the playoffs somehow and they have a chance to make some noise. Uh, I personally am going to go with two different teams. Um, I'm actually going to give Brandon Owens' team a shout-out, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, because I like their matchups. Um, This is their chance to prove it. People are always knocking on JSU, always giving them crap. At the end of the day, you got ETSU, and then you're going to go to Maine, a team that people have claimed is the – CAA seed that shouldn't be a seed because they played an unbalanced schedule. So at the end of the day, I'm going to give Jacksonville State a chance to maybe make it there to the to the uh, quarters. I, I'm not going to pick them over to like Weber State, but I think they can make some noise. And then Wofford down there, if they can beat Elon, a triple option team versus triple option against Kennesaw is an interesting matchup to me. And then South Dakota State traditionally has really struggled against big rushing uh, triple option teams. So that could be another team I'd keep an eye out on just because those two teams have been in the playoffs before. So I'll say Jacksonville state and I'll say Wofford as well. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, South Dakota state, we saw what Cal Poly did to them at South Dakota state just a couple years ago. Um, that was probably the last triple option team they played against and they didn't look too good. Um, and South Dakota state was a heavy favorite in that game. So I do like that pick. One thing I, I got to disagree with is I don't like Jacksonville state's matchups. Do I think Jacksonville state might be a better team than Maine or, um, I think they might be a better team, but you're playing at Maine, a Southern team going way up North, like <laughs> geographic, like all the elements of not just the teams are playing, but where these teams are playing, they have a tough matchup if, if they continue to win. So East Tennessee is going to be a little cold. Um, Maine is going to be really cold. Then they go to Weber in the mountains. That will be really cold. 
And if they win all that and Eastern wins, then they have to go all the way to Eastern. Like <laughs> they got awful matchups for a Southern team to, to try and make some noise. But um, this is their year. There's, there's no excuses. I believe they're really healthy. So we'll see. But I actually don't like Jacksonville State's matchups. They might be able to beat East Tennessee State and then, you know, maybe Maine at the most. But I don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to cut, overcome that weather up in Maine. I, I believe it's pretty cold up there. So, yep, total total validation. Um, when I'm thinking about making noise, I'm I'm not thinking like national champions, maybe not even semifinals. More like, can you upset a seed and then maybe you know make it competitive in the quarters? Almost okay. is what I'm thinking. So I I would never pick Jacksonville State to beat Weber. I'm not going to pick Wofford to um get all the way past the semis, past an NDSU or JMU if they upset NDSU. But just to make some noise and make things interesting, where you're like, oh, that seed is gone. That That'll be fun to see what happens. So Okay, makes sense. I like it. So Dustin Helton asks, favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Ooh, I, I'm a huge stuffing fan. Is that is that considered a side dish? Or is oh, yeah, that that's, main meal? That's oh, I had never tried stuffing in my life until 2015 because I guess I was just a picky eater when I was little. <laughs> and they were like, you want stuffing? And I was like, sure, I'll tr- I guess I'll try it. And I was like, damn. I have been missing out. So I'm all about the stuffing. I'm all about it, man. I have to totally agree. I hated stuffing, you know, as a kid. And I think it's because I just didn't like my mom's stuffing. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um, I was not a fan until I met my wife and she makes Italian stuffing. So there's like eight different kinds of meat in it. There's like spicy Italian sausage and all this good stuff. And now it's my favorite side dish of all time. Like I could have it for dessert. It is, it is the best. Dang, Kyler just chose wife stuffing over mom's home cooking. Oh, Thanksgiving. Hopefully they don't listen to this podcast before Thanksgiving dinner. That's going to be heated. Well, just to give you a little background story on how great of a cook my mom is. (laughs) The fallback. Here it comes. I love my mother to death, but um, she has also decided to make macaroni and cheese from the box and serve it to us. And she never drained the water. So it was... It was disgusting. And then another time she put all the, the seasonings and cheeses in and then drained it all. So, Mom, I love you, but you're not a good cook. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love uh, a man of honesty. Love it. So we talked about it a little bit, but I want to hear, what are your thoughts on JMU not being seated? Because I think you and I both agree that they are probably one of the best eight teams on the field. So my personal opinion is control what you can control. And put yourself in a position to not be in the in put your I'm saying this all wrong. Put yourself <laughs> into a position where you can control what you can control and you don't have to worry about it, right? You shouldn't have to worry about it. As soon as James Madison lost to New Hampshire, you now have to worry about it. And it's because that was their second FCS loss. And you looked at teams like UC Davis, who have an FBS and an FCS loss, so that's only one. Um, you looked at Colgate which has nine FCS wins. You look at a Kennesaw with nine FCS wins. When you lost to New Hampshire, you took away your own control and you put it in the hands of the committee. Very similar to dropping to seven and four or six and five in the regular season for bubble teams. By dropping to eight and three, James Madison put themselves into a position to possibly not be seated. Now you could say they're a better team than Colgate. We're actually, pro- we're going to find out. So we'll see. Um, they, you could say they're, they're a better team than Maine. We're going to find out. Um, but at the end of the day, they put themselves in a position with a really bad loss to possibly not be seated. 
and the committee went in a different direction. If James Madison's sitting at 9-2, and two, there's no debate. They are 100% a seed. So I, we can point fingers. We can say this. We can do that. At the end of the day, you always got to look back at what you did, which caused the problem, and losing to New Hampshire did that. So James Madison, I still think they're going to kill Delaware. I think Colgate will be interesting. Um, I'm not going to pick them over North Dakota State. But at the end of the day, I think JMU fans are maybe more upset that they weren't seated and stuck in NDSU's corner more than the fact that they're just not seated at all. So, But that's kind of my personal opinion on it. Control what you can control and then go from there. Yeah. I So I hear a lot of this all the time on, well, I think this team is better than this. But at the end of the day, that's that's just you know a thought. We You have to actually put the resumes down on pen and paper, and you have to look at the true resumes. And you see the teams based off their resumes. And I think JMU is probably a top eight team in the FCS. I think they can win a couple games for sure. Like you said, I'm, I'm not going to pick them over North Dakota State this year. They've been a little too inconsistent. But, yeah, I mean, the resume isn't there. They lost They lost a couple times where they you know should have won. If they would have won those games, they would have been seeded. So the resume is not there. Skill level, if they play, a, you know, to their most potential, they they're definitely a, you know a top eight team in the FCS, but that that's my reason. And the so, uh-huh. oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. So you keep talking, buddy. Oh, I was just gonna say that you know the committee doesn't consider things like injuries and um, well, what was the day like? What was the weather like? Things like that. Right. At the end of the day, Colgate has nine FCS wins and they beat New Hampshire. Now we all know Knight and the and uh, UNH was really beat up for that game. And it was a 10-3 final, I believe. So maybe that's a factor. But if you're the committee and you're looking at the paper, you go, here's Colgate. They have nine FCS wins. One of them's over New Hampshire. Or am I going to select James Madison, who has eight FCS wins, two FCS losses. One of those is to New Hampshire. I guarantee you it was probably JMU or Colgate at the end of the day. Um, They did their job. And that was a a good comparison. I think that's a pretty fair comparison. Now you can talk about strength of schedule and stuff like that. But... James Madison didn't have great ranked wins. They killed Towson, which was impressive. That was a good one. But the other one was Stony Brook, and it was only by three points at home. And in the simple rating system, you know, 21 points is where it caps, and only having a three-point win at home, that doesn't look as hot. So, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, the committee can justify it. And you can't be upset about Colgate getting a seed over JMU and then just be totally okay with Kennesaw getting one because um, it's – Besides the fact that they beat JSU, they have equally bad strength of schedules, bad opponents. They each have nine FCS wins. So once again, like you said, people like to think, I think this team is better. That is not the committee's job. Committee's job is pen to paper. Here's the resume. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I totally agree. And yep, I, I have nothing more to add. You know, Colgate beat the team that JMU lost to. Like you said, we know they were unhealthy when they played. Colgate, but you still can't justify that because even if they were healthy, you don't know for sure if New Hampshire would have beat Colgate. I mean, that's just speculation. The facts are Colgate beat New Hampshire, and that's all you can base it off of. So I, I like it. I get it. It sucks for JMU, but you should have won <laughs> against New Hampshire even when New Hampshire was healthy. Yep. Um, we saw what New Hampshire did this last week. They did not play good. They got beat. So there, there it is. Final so, thought. Final thought to wrap it up is, don't worry, we have the greatest playoff in college football. So JMU, you're going to get your shot. Win this Saturday, and you get your shot to say, we told you so. And then we'll see.
And if you think you're better than Colgate anyway, then that game shouldn't scare you. Yep, we'll see you in Fargo. Yep. <laughs> so Eric Walker asks, so this is more of a conspiracy theory question, and I love getting these because I think we're going to debunk it real quick. Did the FCS committee structure the bracket to get two high-dollar games prior to the championship game? Did they load up JMU and SDSU and UNDSU side of the bracket because they wanted three weeks worth of big money instead of just one big money game for the championship? What's your thoughts, Matt? Uh, absolutely not. The, the FCS playoffs in general is not a big money maker for the NCAA. So there's the first thing. Um, in terms of television revenue and ratings and stuff like that, it has increased since North Dakota State's dynasty has happened. And it does go up when you see a JMU-NDSU matchup, you see a South Dakota State-NDSU matchup. But look at the resumes before looking at some conspiracy about dollars and cents. Because South Dakota State, with their resume at 8-2, eight, 8 FCS wins, that's the exact same thing that Eastern and UC Davis Eastern has 8 and 2 because they had a division 2 win. Yep. And Eastern Washington killed UC Davis and barely lost to Weber. And we don't so, have two F, F, FCS losses, it's only one. And they, exactly. Only one. And Kennesaw State has no FCS losses. Weber only has one FCS loss with a better resume. South Dakota State's best quality win is Illinois State. But then you get to the 6th seed, UC Davis. They have really no quality wins, and they lost to Eastern really bad. But they only have one FCS loss. So even with two FCS losses, South Dakota State jumps them, and that's justified. Look at the seed. There's no conspiracy there. Uh, NDSU, SDSU being on the same side means nothing. Uh, James Madison and Delaware, that's simply based off of geo geographics with Colgate. Like, that way for travel money, that's exactly where they're going to be placed on that side of the bracket. It's all about geography to save travel money. So right there, you're kind of right. There's money involved. <laughs> but it's not to make money. It's to just save it for these teams that are traveling. And that's why JMU ended up where NDSU's at. Uh, it's very similar to last season when JMU side of the bracket was stacked because when South Dakota State got that five seed, that put them on JMU side, and it forced a lot of Valley teams onto that side, and it forced the bracket to look really tough. So if you look at the resumes and you look at the locations of these teams, that's what dictates. At the end of the day, it's not about the money. Um, and NDSU fans claiming it's about the money is ridiculous because they're like, they, they just don't want this matchup in Frisco. They don't want this matchup in Frisco. But then some years, like last year, oh, all they want is JMU, NDSU. Well, which one is it? Tell me which right. one is it. Uh, I, I don't buy into it at all. The best team is going to come out of this tournament. And they're going to win the national championship. And if you're an NDSU fan, wouldn't you rather play these teams in Fargo? Uh, if you're a Weber State fan, wouldn't you rather play them in Weber than being upset about having these big sky tees? teams possibly coming to Frisco I don't know I don't buy into it hopefully that's enough to debunk it but at the end of the day people will believe what they're, they're gonna believe yeah like we said earlier you have to look at the resumes there's no way South Dakota State is going to jump Eastern Weber or Kennesaw who all have top 10 wins South Dakota State's biggest win right now they only have one win against playoff team that's Montana State Eastern has two wins against playoff teams and one of them is a seed um, Weber has, you know, wins against playoff teams. One of them is the three seed. So you're not going to jump those two. You're not going to be, you're not going to jump Kennesaw who, you know, Jacksonville state's still in the top 10. Just South Dakota state doesn't have a signature win. And they actually have an ugly loss too, where, you know, Eastern doesn't have that. Weber doesn't really have that. Kennesaw state doesn't have that, but you're right. South Dakota state 
resume is better than UC Davis's based off of the loss in the wins. Um, UC Davis doesn't have that big win. So that's why UC Davis is a sixth. But UC Davis is ahead of Maine and Colgate because of um, basically the amount of games they won. So I, I actually really like the seeds. There's no conspiracy theory. You guys need to just get that out of your head because last year, there was not one good game on NDSU side of the bracket. Like, that was the easiest bracket that I've seen in a long time for one of the strongest teams I've seen in a long time. So get that out of your head. South Dakota State, they are actually seeded where they should be. Um, I said they were going to be a five seed. They're a five seed. It It is what it is. It, does it suck for maybe some of those teams? Yeah. Do I wish UC Davis and South Dakota State switch places? Yeah, I would actually love to play South Dakota State. Um, I think that would be a great game. Um, and I feel actually more confident against South Dakota State than I do playing UC Davis for a second time because my motto is it's hard to beat a good team once. It is really hard to beat a good team twice in the same season. So Absolutely. I would rather actually play South Dakota State. Um, do I fear UC Davis? No. But still, that, that's my motto, so I still have to stick with it. But there's no conspiracy theory. There, they, All the top eight seeds are seeded how they are, and then they work on geographical for, for the first round. So can, can we please stop asking these questions, guys? <laughs> we won't. We won't. They'll continue. At the end of the day, people are upset. You know, it, you know, people want really good games in the FCS playoffs. I, I want to play these good games. I want these tough games. I don't want these you know, teams that are so easy. But then they, they get a James Madison SDSU on their side, and then they're like, what? We got screwed. They don't want us in Frisco. I'm like, bring on the challenge, man. I, I mean – Bring on the challenge, especially from an NDSU standpoint. You're 11 and 0. I don't know what you're complaining about. If you're better than JMU, SDSU, all these other teams, you claim you're as good as you are in 2013, then do it on the field. I guarantee you, those players and coaches aren't sitting there complaining. They're just going to work. So we'll see. Yeah, if if you're NDSU and you're afraid of your side of the bracket, then you're not very confident in your team. Because to be honest, I would I would not mind being on that side of the bracket. My team, I think we match up well with all of them. Um, do I think the left is maybe a little harder? I think it's slightly harder, especially in the first rounds. I do think the first round matchups are, are a lot harder. And then those could create some upsets going later forward. But for like the seeded teams, I don't fear any seeded team outside of NDSU, um, at all, actually. Um, so yeah, it's the playoffs. You're, you know, you're going to play good teams no matter what side of the bracket you're on. Um, you just have to be ready. It's the playoffs. Just be yep. ready to play whoever you're you're in front of. If you think your team is that good, then play them and win. You know, um, if, you, if you look at the seeds, let's say all the seeds win, you can't tell me outside of North Dakota State that the left side is better if all the seeds win. All the seeds move. On, all the seeds move on to the quarters. You got NDSU, Colgate, South Dakota State, Kennesaw, and on the other side you have Eastern, UC Davis, Maine, and Weber. They're the right side in that situation. Looks way tougher. Way the tougher. The right side has four champions. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just not, not, you know, then they also have San Diego Nichols, who are champions. Then they also have Jacksonville State, um, who's a champion. So, you know, there's four, five, six, seven, seven champions on, on the right side. <laughs> it was a close game in Fargo with the first matchup at SDSU. Uh, last year's close Frisco matchup in 2016 is still in the minds of NDSU fans. So those are the factors that make them nervous and make them think that that side of the bracket is tougher. 
when in reality, South Dakota State outside of 2014 has historically been blown out by NDSU in the playoffs when they meet. They've never beat NDSU in the playoffs when they meet. And James Madison, this is 2018, James JMU. It is not 2016. It is not 2017. It's a right. great defense, great head coach, and an inconsistent offense. And 2018 NDSU has never been better. So at the end of the day, if you're a Bison fan, don't be concerned. Enjoy the matchup. Tailgate hard. If you lose, you lose. But I have a feeling you're going to be all right. Yep, I agree. So our buddy Chris Hammond, I don't know if you got to listen to the Hero Podcast, but I actually did this morning. Um, I always do it before we we do our podcast because um, I think they put on a good show. But Brian McLaughlin's idea was not just seed the you know one through eight, um, but seed nine through sixteen also, and then then you do geographical from seventeen to twenty four. Do you like that idea? Because then you can do the the regional matchups who are going to those seeded teams who are going to have home field advantage instead of just doing, you know, geographical to where maybe Delaware and JMU were probably both in the top 12. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I love it. The more seeds, the better. I'd seed all 24 if we had the money. Um, yeah, Make number one play number 24, just, you know, just like a basic high school basketball tournament for fifth graders. You can make it pretty simple. Um, <laughs> I, I get the idea of just the 16 because then you can, you know, adjust based off of geography. I, I love that idea. I'm 100% for it. I don't have much to add to it. It's just I've been saying it for years along with a lot of other FCS fans. But at the end of the day, the great American dollar wins. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely love the idea from that because then you really earn what you get. And people, you know, they'd still find a way to complain. But I, I really do love it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to add anything else. You You got exactly what I was going to say. I say, see, you know, seed them all. I think that is that is great. Um, David Hur asks, I would actually like to hear what each of the top, you know, each of us, what our top eights were prior to the bracket being released. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So just off the top of my head, memory, you can check at Matthew Frazee Twitter. That's not a shameless plug. It's just for research facts. Uh, I actually tweeted out what I thought it was going to be, and I, obviously North Dakota State number one. I had Weber number two. I had Eastern number three. I had Kennesaw as number four. I had South Dakota State as number five. So my top five, I absolutely crushed. Um, I actually had uh, Maine up there at six. I had James Madison at seven. And I had Colgate at my eight. So I did not have UC Davis in there. And then um, besides that, I was pretty much accurate all the way across. So my top five was accurate because I based that off the fact of NDSU being undefeated. Weber beat Eastern head-to-head, and they had a similar resume prior to that. I put Eastern at the three because I felt like, comparison to Kennesaw, they were better off. Kennesaw, they always look at historical facts. Weaker schedule teams that win all their FCS games. Uh, McNeese 2015, JSU 2016, JSU 2017. Kennesaw is that this year as a top four seed in 2018. There's always a top four just like that. That's why I picked Kennesaw at four. SDSU was a clear five. I thought JMU would be a seed, so I thought Maine, because of the conference win, would go above them at six, JMU at seven, um, with a really good strength of schedule. And then I thought Colgate, you know, with the nine FCS wins, close Army loss, would be number eight. So I missed UC Davis. I was thinking about putting them in, but I was like, oh, man, what, what's their quality win? That's what made me think about not putting them there. Uh, but I guess the committee still liked liked what they did. So I was close. Top five, I was good. The last three, I was off. Yeah, I think it's... Um how bad they blew out teams that really helped them. Absolutely. So, yeah, my, my top eight, I had North Dakota State, Weber, Eastern, Kennesaw, and South Dakota State. So my top five were, were dead on. I actually didn't have UC Davis at six. So earlier I said my top six was 
dead on. I did not. I actually put James Madison at six. Um, then I put UC Davis at seven. So I still had them. Did I think the committee was going to put three big sky teams in? No, but I'm glad there was no politics involved because UC Davis definitely has a top eight resume. And then I put Colgate at eight. So I actually left out Maine. Um, and it's just because when you look at the CA, yes, they won, but they also didn't play three of the top four teams. And I thought their resume wasn't as good as what is cracked out to be, but I could totally see them being seated. So I'm not going to complain. But yeah, I mean, I had seven of the eight teams and the only difference was I had JMU at six and UC Davis at seven. Um, I think the committee did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's interesting about Maine, um, since that's kind of the the wrench in our plans in terms of when our predictions went wrong. You know who Maine is? Maine is uh, the University of North Dakota, now the Fighting Hawks, in 2016. Uh, they shared the title with Eastern Washington and received the seven seed. And uh, Eastern received the two. And then um, <laughs> come playoff time, you know, people are like, well, UND, they missed all the big, big sky games, right? They didn't play Eastern. I don't think they played Montana. Like they had a weaker big sky schedule, but their, you know, their record was good. And right. uh, they shared the title, Maine won it outright. And then UND got beat in the second round. They got upset by Richmond. So uh, it's, it's going to be up to Maine to prove that they, they belong there because a lot of people are saying it should have been James Madison. We'll see what the Black Bears have in them. Yeah, I like it. So, um, Chris Cunningham asks, so this is a long question. I'm going to break it down a little bit, but basically he loves where Jacksonville state is positioned. And I know we talked about it earlier, but basically he said, I'm glad they're going to be playing at Weber and then Easter rather than Eastern. If Eastern wins out rather than playing at Eastern versus Weber, do you think Eastern has a better home field advantage than Weber in this playoffs? Cause Jacksonville state seems to think so. Oh, um, boy, can I quote you here? Let's I think, quote. Yeah, I believe we were messaging, talking about where you, you had claimed that Weber State is the best home field advantage um, in the FCS in terms of having to go there, maybe outside of Fargo. Like they're 15 and three in, their la- in the last 18 home games they've had. It's extremely brutal to play there. Um, it's up in the mountain setting. And that defensive front is nasty, nasty good. Um, Eastern's more threatening because it always seems like this the red field and then you get the, the really cold weather factor. But man, I think Weber State, when you have that style of play where it's just hits you in the mouth, brutal defense, and then let the offense work its way throughout the game, home field advantage is huge. Um, to answer the question, Jacksonville State, he's happier that he's going to have to go to Weber instead of EW right away. Is that correct? Yep. Man, I'm just not sold on people not buying Weber at home. I don't buy Weber in Frisco or maybe on the road somewhere. Like I thought they may end up having to go to North Dakota State if they drop to the four or something. But Weber at home, I think everybody's really going to see how good that team is. So um, I would not doubt the Wildcats. I think if Jacksonville State ends up going to Weber, they will not go to Eastern Washington um, because Weber State, I think they've got the easiest path to the semifinals. So. Eastern Washington, I think, is more well-known, but if you know what Weber is this season, I would not want to have to go to Weber State. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you. So I don't know if it's you know the second-hardest home field advantage. I think for specific teams it might be um, due to you are playing in high elevation, you are playing in cold weather, you are playing in the snow, um, and then you put that Weber style and type of team 
in all those elements, especially if you're a Southern team coming in there, they're going to be tough. So Weber State has like 26,000 people. If they turn out for a playoff game, they could sell out easily their, I think it's like a 18,000 seat stadium. I could be wrong. So, I mean, they have the same type of capacity as NDSU. If they can sell that out, plus playing in those elements, that is a much scarier atmosphere than Eastern Washington. Now, Eastern Washington has a great atmosphere. Playoffs, not so much. Our, our attendance will be half of what it was. It will be cold. It will be more windy than Weber. but and, and I think our team's slightly better. But, I mean, if you're just looking at a pure, I think we have an easier road going through Weber than Eastern. I'm not sold on that. I think both teams are going to be <laughs> both areas are going to be tough for Jacksonville State to play in December. Let's be honest. Um, I don't like your matchup in either of them, Jacksonville. Uh, so, so I'm sorry to say that. Yeah, that's just that's just going to be really tough for a warm weather team to have to travel uh, in that type this time of the year. So got to get by Maine first. But at the end of the day, it'd be a coin flip of uh, oh man, it's not going to be fun to play for either of them. So I'm just glad I'm going to be in my cozy dome with my hot chocolate. <laughs> right. So we'll just do a couple more because I know you're kind of bent on some time. Or do you need to head out right now? No, I got about 10 more minutes, man. And hopefully I apologize to people who wanted more of their questions answered. But I know everybody else is busy this weekend. So hopefully this shorter episode fits into your time time frame. So David Millick asks, is six teams from the CAA too much? I'm going to say no. I thought six teams were deserving. If there's any time a conference is deserving, of six, I believe it was this year, and I think it's because there weren't really a full 24 teams. I believe deserve a spot. So this is the year that six teams, I believe, could have made it from one conference. In the CAA, I think they had the most depth. What I will say is they lacked a lot of great teams, but they by far had the most good teams. Yeah, um, if you think that the CAA got too many teams in, uh, the Missouri Valley's third team has five losses. Not a single CAA team has five losses. Um, Elon is at six and four because they had a missed game, but I would have taken them in that game. I believe it was over William and Mary. So that would have put them at seven and four uh, due to weather conditions. They had to cancel it. So at the end of the day, I mean, that conference is, was so dang good this year. So credit to them, credit to the CAA, best conference top to bottom. I'm glad they got six in. Yep, me too. So Paul Dobson, if you can make one switch in the bra- in the bracket, what would it be? So it doesn't have to, you know, move one team to another place or, you know, take a team outside of the playoffs and put them in. But if you just make one switch anywhere you wanted, where would it be? Oh, man. You know what I would do? Just for just for um, matchup sakes, I'd move Kennesaw into two or three and I'd move Eastern or Weber up to the four just because I think the bracket would be much cooler and more competitive from that standpoint, if that makes sense. Doesn't don't take it as I'm an North Dakota State fan and I want to see this or that. Um, I just think that it'd be cooler to have not three big skies on the same side. They're going to kind of eat each other alive, just to see what the big sky would do on both sides of the bracket. Take the best big sky, put them in that four spot, even though they they deserve to be higher, <laughs> just for uh, fun's sake. If that makes sense. Yeah, I totally agree. But I would put UC Davis and switch them with South Dakota State. So oh, you nice. have one of the good teams over there. Um, and you know, the Missouri Valley second best team over on the right side to even out the playing field. Since a lot of the Missouri Valley fans are complaining about North Dakota state and South Dakota state being on the same side, but guess I, what? The best big sky teams are on the same side too. We we're not happy about that. Um, I actually, I, would, 
I actually uh, love I actually love that. That's that's great. And it, it, you could justify it based off a resume too. That's what I really like. And switching the five and six doesn't give you an extra home game. So I think that's justified. Um, I wish they did it, but oh well. Yep, oh well. So we'll just do maybe two more. So Chris Hammond asks, should Idaho fire Paul Petrino? He's the highest paid coach in the FCS. He's got a roster full of FBS transfers, seven starting seniors with a bull win and finished four and seven. Um, and then they just finished three and five versus FCS talent. They were projected fourth and fifth in the conference and finished ninth. Should Idaho fire Paul Petrino? Um, I'm, I'm going to say, number one, it's a tough gig for any coach to have to make this transition. You're going to have players who are upset. You're going to have locker room issues, as Chris had talked about on previous podcasts with us. It's going to be a difficult transition because at the end of the day, Sunbelt teams are not better off than Power 3 FCS teams. And we just found that out this year. So it was going to be a tough transition for any coach. I will say that. Uh, the reason I would say you may have to move on from a coach is, number one, cost. But then number two, um, you may need to rebuild the culture. You may have to restart it. If he's not the guy who can get the new individuals coming in and the sophomores, juniors are now to, to buy in, you might need to bring a guy in and say, hey, we are an FCS program and we're going for an FCS title. So I, I can't speak on behalf of how the locker room was, how the coach, coach was and all that. But if you need a change in culture to adjust to the new landscape, that would be the only reason I'd see why you would move on from him. Yeah, I, I got to say, give him a couple more years. So for one, it's not just, you know, he didn't perform well in the big, you know, versus the FCS. The, the, the Sunbelt versus the Big Sky are also two completely different styles of play. So it's going to take a little bit to adjust. Now, I'm not saying the Big Sky is better than the Sunbelt because I think Sunbelt top to bottom is bigger, better than the Big Sky. I think there's a couple teams in the Big Sky that could compete in the Sunbelt right away. But it's just two different styles. The big sky spreads the ball out. They they have a triple option team. They have power teams. Where the Sun Belt, they're all running the same system. So you're recruited players to compete against those Sun Belt teams. And now you have to transition and compete against teams who, I mean, UC Davis, Eastern, Idaho State, those are are 100 percent different offenses. They're fast paced. They're they're more of an Oregon than an Appalachian State in terms of style. And you have to transition to that in one year. Plus, you also played one of the strongest big t- big sky schedules. Like you did not get an easy road in your first year, um, so I'd say no. The first year, don't fire him. Give him, you know, another year or two. But yeah, if he doesn't perform in the next year or two, especially with how much he's being paid, I think he, it, it's a realistic look that you might have to look elsewhere. Um, but definitely not this first year. It's just too big of a transition and too different of a transition. Um, I don't think a lot of Sunbelt teams would come to the Big Sky and dominate right away. Um, I don't think a lot of FCS teams, even the top ones, um, would do well in the Big Sky right away. It's a transition. And I can back up my evidence by saying, look at every Big Sky team who has made the transition to the Big Sky. They don't do well the first couple years. Um, it, It takes a little bit to learn how to play against those teams. And I think Idaho will be fine in a couple years. I'm not worried about Idaho um, and, and how I don't think they're going to stay at the bottom for long. I don't think they're a Northern Colorado type of team or a um, even Cal Poly had some success, but I mean, they're not that great. I don't think Idaho will be a Portland state type of a team. I think Idaho has a name. They'll eventually get there, but it's going to take time to adjust. Yep, absolutely. So let's see one more good one. And then we will turn it off. 
Let's see. Hmm. Since it's since it's Thanksgiving, we might as well try and find a Thanksgiving one because I think we broke down the bracket. Um, let's do. Oh, we already did that one. Eggnog or pumpkin spice? We did that last last week. So yeah. <laughs> there's so yeah. many good ones. That's about it. Let's just hear. What are your actual Thanksgiving Day plans? Thanksgiving Day plans. I'm down here in Atlanta, Georgia. I went to Cowboys-Falcons on Sunday. It was a great game. Um, I'll be here. We're actually, since we fly out Friday, we're doing all the Thanksgiving stuff tomorrow. So we're doing it a day early. Uh, so Thursday, we can just chill, relax, pack up that night prior because our flight is super early on Friday. Uh, so I'm just down here with my family, uh, my nephew, my sister, and her husband. And it's just going to be super chill. Nothing too crazy. Hoping for a Dallas Cowboys win on Thursday. That usually doesn't happen, but we'll see what go- what goes on. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoy your time with your family. And let's actually do one quick prediction before Wait. we leave. Let's do pick your semifinal teams. Go. Oh, I love it. All right, North Dakota State up top. Um, yep. I am picking Towson in an upset over both seeds, five and four. So I want the CAA power, so I'm going to go NDSU Towson in the semi on the other side. Um, and then it is virtually impossible for me not to go Weber, Eastern Washington on the bottom. So um, I know that's kind of a cop-out. I just I see no way that any team, unless it's UC Davis, um, beats Eastern, and Weber, I think, beats everybody on their bottom side. NDSU, Towson, Eastern, Weber. So I actually think it's going to be a Missouri Valley versus Big Sky showdown. I think it will be North Dakota State, South Dakota State versus Weber in Eastern Washington, um, which I think is kind of fun because those are both the four best or the both two best teams in each conference. And we haven't really got to see that in our Missouri Valley versus Big Sky Challenge. Now, I wish we got we could pair them around. So maybe North Dakota State faces Weber, South Dakota State faces Eastern, you know, winner goes on. But I think that's going to be the semifinals and we're going to have a Missouri Valley Big Sky Championship, which... Um, I mean, if I don't think that's ever happened. So I, I'm kind of excited now. This is reminding me a lot of 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2016. So I'm getting a little nervous because every single year, I thought Eastern had an easy road to the, the championship, and they've let me down on a lot of the times the last play of the game. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, but I'm excited. It's playoffs. This is what every team lives for. This is the fun part of the FCS, and this is what separates us from the FBS. So people enjoy these months or or this month, and um, I believe you and I are going to Frisco no matter what. Is that correct? Yep, we'll be in Frisco. It's going to be fun. So even if it's Colgate versus Maine or Colgate versus Jacksonville State, I will still be there. Um, But I think it's going to be North North Dakota State versus Eastern. Ooh, it's going to be a dandy. That'd be it. Boy, we'll, we'll talk about, we can get into that in later days, but man, talk about 2010, Eastern beats NDSU, and then the streak starts for NDSU, and a possibility to either end it again, or win number seven for NDSU. What a storyline. We'll see, though. Lots lots to happen before then. We're a little biased, too. We are a little bit. Yeah. Any, any, any last-minute plugs? Uh, no, sir. We have the playoff bracket challenge going on. Um, make sure you get your brackets submitted underneath the official thread. You can find it under the announcement tab on the Facebook page for FCS Fans Nation. Free to enter. You win a hat if you have the best bracket. Um, make sure you get it submitted by 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time uh, this Saturday. So besides that, enjoy your Thanksgiving turkeys, everybody, and enjoy FCS football. It's going to be fun. 
Yep, that that's about it. Um, thank you guys. We had a great regular season on FCS Fans Nation. Um, the playoffs, if you weren't here last year, that's when it becomes really fun. We'll have, you know, actual game day threads for every single game. Um, it'll, it'll be a good time. And again, thanks everyone for making this season so great. We look forward to the playoffs and we will catch you next week. Thank you. Boom. Boom. Boom.